Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. In the world we live in today, joy is being taken out. Christmas is about joy. We've just experienced a great time of joy here. The kids, the songs. Man, I love that country western stuff. That's good stuff. You know, go tell it on the mountain. Loved it. But the joy is what's missing out of the world today. But you know what? God knew about it. God knew about it because he said joy to the world. I send my son into the world because he knew this was going to happen. And we as Christians carry that joy. And if you don't know the Lord and you're here today, maybe you'll get a catch of it. You'll get a bit of it. Maybe you'll get an infilling of it that you can take out into the world because we've got something that the world hasn't got and that's Jesus and the love of him and the love of him. I want you to all picture in your mind a picture of Jesus. You got it? Okay, throw it up, Gav. Does it look like this? I bet you it didn't, 99% of you. It would have been a very sombre Jesus holding a lamb or it would have been a very holy Jesus lifting his hands up but a solemn face. You go onto that horrible thing called the internet and you put in a picture of Jesus. You can't find that one. But that is Jesus, full of joy, full of laughing. How many people do you reckon would have followed him around if he was like somber Jesus? He couldn't, he had to escape them. He had to go over seas and rivers and climb mountains to get away from the people. Because why? Because that was the Jesus that walked the earth. He laughed, he was full of joy, he brought joy everywhere he went. That's the Jesus we've got to see. But the world doesn't, the world tells us there's another Jesus that is so somber, is so sad. I want to turn it around today. Now, so often we hear Christmas is a good time of year. You know, it's a happy time of year. And but, for some, for many, it is not so happy. It's a true statement. A lot of tragedy happens at Christmas. Christmas isn't happy. I thought about... In fact, I rang my sister through the week when I was preparing this. And I rang her up. She goes, Brother! I don't think my mother ever told her my name. Because <laughs> that's all she calls me is brother. Hey, brother! I said, how are you, sis? <laughs> and... Uh, I said, I'm, I'm talking to some people this week and, I, and I'm talking to them about Christmas and I'm trying to think back at a good Christmas I had as a kid and I really can't remember any. And I was from, grew up in Blackdown, the western suburbs of Sydney from the area. I love seeing all my Solomon Island brothers here. And it's just... I'm not at Solomon Island, by the way. Um, <laughs> sometimes I wish I was, because those guys have got rhythm. <laughs> I'll tell you what, us white blokes just can't dance. We try, but we can't do it. <laughs> but 
you know, I said, it was lower social economic area, mum and dad work, and Colleen said to me, oh, I do know enough. Colleen said to me, you know, mum and dad used to work all night. They, we clean, they cleaned pubs, they had cleaning contracts. And they'd clean pubs, and Christmas Eve was always the busiest time of the year. So they'd go out, and they had four pubs to clean overnight, and they'd get home about 7.30 in the morning, and we opened our presents, and then they'd go to bed. And then mum would get up, I don't know, about 12, maybe 11, and we had Christmas dinner and that. But it wasn't a, a joyous time. Like I, can, like, I don't remember anything joyous. And she said, except for the time that dad was at the pub, that's where he used to do his worship, I think, and he won the stocking. Well, he won this big stocking, big Christmas stocking full of toys. She, I said, yes, I do remember that. That was our best Christmas. But then she said, but then we used to go around to my grandmother's place. I had two grandmothers. I had the Wicked Witch of the West was one grandmother and I had one sent directly for God for me. And we would go down to the fairy godmother's place and she would make Christmas good for us. You know, and every time I hear that song, Noel, she used to have two candles standing this high and they had Noel written down them. She got them from Walton's, I think, and she paid them off over three years. But that's the way it was back then. But as far as Christmas past goes, no, I don't think so. So now you can all go, oh. But, you know, so many people out there do have bad Christmases, but I want to turn it around this year. I want us to see what God wants us to see and the joy God wants us to have at Christmas and what we can bring to our Christmas. Instead of looking at Christmas, judging Christmas families on last year and get-togethers on last year and the blow-ups and everything else that come out at Christmas, let's think about this year and what difference it can make and let's go in there with joy and let's go in with a workplace with joy and let's go everywhere with joy. Joy is a great word. I want to uh, turn, have a look at Kings today, Second Kings. And it's not a typical Christmas message I'm bringing today. Second Kings, it talks about the woman. She was a widow. She approached Elijah and she said, Elijah come up to her and said, how are you going? She said, I'm not going good. My husband, who was a prophet in the school of prophets, he's died, had a heap of debt. The people are coming to take my boys and put them into slavery. How do you think I'm going? That was doing it pretty tough, wasn't it? I couldn't, I couldn't imagine where, what state she was in. She was a Christian woman. Her husband was of the school of prophets. Elisha says, well, let me see what I can do. What do you got? And she said, a bit of oil. That's all I've got. He said, well, go and get as many people, I mean, go and get as many vessels as you can and bring them here to the church, I mean, to, to your house. Get the vessels, the empty vessels, and bring them to the house. But the one most important thing that he said to her on that day was, when you get the vessels in the house... Shut the door. 
shut the door. And I think God's telling us today that he wants us to shut the door on all the noise outside. All the noise outside. There is so much problems today with anxiety, with depression, suicide, horrible things happen out there as we've seen this week. But he said shut the door on all that. Shut the door. Ever since this come in, these phones, anxiety, the monster anxiety has risen. The monster depression has risen. We are not living in a world... You would not invite these people on this phone into your house. I'll tell you that now. But you invite them into your head. And that's where they live. And you want them to come in. They come in, you think about it, you meditate on it. You get upset about it, you get angry about it. It's a phone. This Cohen's introduction of a mobile phone and smartphones has coincided with the increase of suicide in our country like we've never seen before. We never had it before. Like I can remember some of us, back in the day, the Second World War was happening over in Germany and you'd have to go to the picture theatre on a Saturday morning to see the newsreels and if you didn't have a couple of penny in your pocket, you never even seen them. So you just lived life without it and just walked around oblivious to what was going on. Here a bomb goes off and it's in our face and we can see the pictures and we're interviewing the people that are hurt by it and everything else. That gets into your head. We've got to shut the door, shut the book, close it. He told the woman, everything's, her life's going to hell, the sons are going to, into slavery. And he's told her, shut the door. What happens when she shut the door? Let's see. She started to pour the oil. She had a little cup. She only had a little bit of oil. And she started to pour it. And the oil kept pouring and kept pouring and kept pouring. And she said, get another pot. So I got another pot. And it kept pouring. Get another pot. Get. You can't tell me that her joy wasn't starting to fill up. <laughs> As he's pouring those joys, those oil into the jugs, her joy is starting... Get another pot. And she's starting to get excited because she's never seen this before. This has never happened to her before. She's pouring the oil and she's filling the jugs up with oil. And it's bringing what? Joy. Oil of joy. For what? Mourning. He turned her mourning into dancing. She would have been dancing around those pots because she could see a future. She could see her son's not going into slavery. She could see a future. It brought hope to her. She was dancing. Uh, white men can't dance. <laughs> but, but she was doing a little, she was doing a little happy dance. <laughs> As that oil was poured into those jugs, she was getting happy. And she ran out of jugs and the oil stopped pouring. But there was enough money to make her wealthy, to pay off the debt, to live and to give to other people. And that's what our God does. It doesn't matter what situation you're in, if we just go to him, 
Do you know there's a scripture that says, the fullness of joy is in the presence of the Lord. Where do we find it? Do we find it in money? Do we find it in success? Do we find it in music? Do we find it in drugs? Do we find it in... We look for it everywhere. We look for that joy. And yet I see so many people who have made everything that we want, that we're seeking, trying to find the joy in, commit suicide. Because they can't find the real joy. The real joy can only be found in the presence of the Lord. We go in there, we shut the door on the world. We shut the door on everything and we spend time with him in prayer, in thanksgiving, in gratitude, as Matt preached. If you didn't see last week's message, you get hold of it and find out what gratitude is. One of the best messages I've heard. That's 25 bucks now. <laughs> but but you, get in, you, you, get in, you get into that closet and the fullness of joy fills you up and you can face the day. When I was a young police officer... I went to a church service when this church first started over in the school at Maruchidor and I see some good stalwarts here, some people that, you know, I just want to give a bit of honour to a few people around this place today because I see them, they come in, they gave and gave till it hurt. So this place is here today. We don't see them very often, but it gave my heart a leap of joy that when they did come here and they did give, they gave bountifully so we would have this place and we are here today and we're still getting people saved. So thank you, Lloyd, and that up there. I appreciate that. King, kings of the house, it's the, the foundation builders, I call them. Many, many more. So the joy was full. Now, we ask ourselves the question, what is joy? So learning off Pastor Ed over the years, I've learned and Yinka, that if you go find a word, you've got to go and find the meaning of that word. So, for grade 10 Doonside High people, I didn't even know what a dictionary was until I come here. But anyway, <laughs> I went to the dictionary and I went through and it said happiness and da-da-da, happiness, da-da. And then I thought, this is not my, pla- this is not my area. I'm, I'm, I'm from the West. I'll go to the Urban Dictionary and have a look what it says. Bingo. God took me there. Joy. The unshakable confidence that nothing can break you. What a definition. What a definition. We go into the presence of God. We fill up with joy. And the definition of joy is the unbreakable confidence that nothing, the unshakable confidence that nothing can break you. There was a bloke by the name of David in the Bible. Now, we all know the story of David, his victories, his failings. But after he failed with Bathsheba, or committed adultery, we call sin sin, we won't pretty it up. The very thing he lost was joy. In Psalm, I better get this right. Psalm 5, he says, he goes to the Lord 
in his closed closet and he says, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Now, I've been a Christian for a long time and I, I've seen people give their hearts to the Lord many, many, many times. And you really know the conviction when they give their hearts to the Lord because they smile. <laughs> they have smiles on them. In fact, recently we, we led a fellow to the Lord here. He come to our dinner party. Go back and he sat down and he sat with us and talked and that. And he said, come to me afterwards. And I'm standing near the fridge saying goodbye to everyone. He come up and said, uh, can I talk to you? I said, yeah. And I said, he said, I'm a Muslim. I said, that's okay. We eat with anyone. We don't care. He said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I want to know about, I want to know this Jesus that you've been talking about here today, tonight. I said, buddy, let's pray. Led him to the Lord there. That's a bit of fruit. I walked underneath the tree, hit me in the head. Nothing I did, just led him to the Lord. But someone quite obviously had sown, some had watered, and I just was lucky to pluck that fruit. But you know what happened when he smiled, when he got saved? He just smiled. Everything, his failings, his past, everything was gone. And he became a new creation. We baptised him here a few weeks ago in water. He come out of that water, I tell you what, he's got a smile this big. He's about that tall. He's got a smile this big. Because he knows the reality of Jesus Christ and the joy that knowing Jesus brings to him. That's what Christmas is all about, is joy. In fact, that's not just Christmas. Let's just not make it the season. Let's make it our life. You know, we worry about so many little things. I just want to go over to a hero of mine in the Bible. His name's Nehemiah. Say, Brownie, why are you preaching on Nehemiah at Christmas? I know, but he's a hero of mine, so I've got to get him in somewhere. But Nehemiah was a uh, guy in the Bible done a lot of stuff. <laughs> but on this particular occasion, they were having a meeting. Now, the meetings in the Bible didn't go for an hour and a half. They went all day, from sunrise to sunset. And guess what? When the word was being read, you had to stand. But Nehemiah was here at this meeting one day with a fellow by the name of Ezra. And in Nehemiah chapter 8, it tells the story that they come together and Ezra read, he read aloud from daybreak till noon. He read from the scrolls. From daybreak to noon. And the others, I won't read the whole lot, but and they, the people understood and they were happy and they clapped and they lifted their hands unto God. So whatever Ezra was sharing spoke to the people. It was a word from God. And their joy was full. They were happy. They were lifting their hands. But then after lunch, the people that carried the law, the Levites, they shared. And you know what? After a while, it says... Nehemiah was the governor at this stage and he noticed for all the people started to weep 
as they listened to the words of the law. You know, sometimes we can get, as Christians, we can get so involved in the letter of the law. But the word says that the letter of the law killeth, but it's a spirit that brings life. You know, we worry too much. Jesus had the knowledge. He was the word. He didn't know the word. He was the word. And all the messages he shared were always full of joy and building people up. When he went and seen the the scribes and the Pharisees, the ones who knew the law, he wasn't very nice to them, but the rest of the people he was nice to. Thank goodness were the rest of the people. (laughs) Unless you're a law bringer, then woe unto you. But the day of the Lord, Nehemiah saw what was happening. And Nehemiah said, stop. This day is holy in Nehemiah 8, verse 9. He said, stop. This day is holy to your Lord. Do not mourn and weep, for the people here have been weeping and listening to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy yourself with choice food and send, send some to those who haven't got it. Be generous. Give unto those that haven't got it. For this day is holy. And do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. If Satan and the world can take your joy, he's got everything. What was that definition that I shared before? The definition of unshakable. Unshakable confidence that nothing can break you. There's nothing out there that can break you if you're walking in joy. If they steal your joy, they've got everything. You know what? When I was, as I was going to share before, I was a young constable and I was at the church and a pastor from Coolum come down and he called me out. He said, man, you got a lot of stuff in you. What do you do for a living? I said... I'm a police officer. And he said, that's why you got a lot of stuff in you. He said, you don't pray in the spirit much, do you? I thought a bit personal, but anyway. <laughs> Probably more than you all, but anyway, no, no, no. No, I, I wasn't at that time. He said, you're like a cup, and we're all like cups. And he said, we let the bad stuff in, and it fills us up and it steals our joy. But the scripture says, in relation to baptism of the Holy Spirit, be being filled, continually being filled daily. And that's like with your joy, you've got to be be being filled. And if you have a full cup, guess what? Anxiety can't get in. Depression can't get in. Hate can't get in bigotry can't get in because you're full of the joy of the Lord we're full of the joy of the Lord if we fill up on that close the closet close the door fill up go back out they'll try and get you I tell you what this week has not been a good week for me because I'm preaching on joy and guess what guess who coming knocking on my door (laughs) and I said no I'm not having it the joy of the Lord is our strength we've got to keep bringing the joy into the world because that's all we got. God seen there was no joy. That's why we sung that song, Joy to the World. 
the Lord has come. That's what he come for, for us to laugh, for us to be happy, to be like that picture, Gav. That's what we're to be like outside the church. If you were happy and joy, I remember a girl years ago that went to another church I was with and she was such a pleasure. She's still on the coast. She goes to C3 or one of those other ones. But it was just everyone smiled just when she walked in the room. A bit like Matt. It's an infectious thing. People want to be around you when you're happy. People want to be around you when you're full of joy. That's what I want you, that's the message I want to get to you today. You know what, there's a James, in, verse, in James 3, verse 11 and 12, it says, A fountain cannot bring forth both salt and fresh water. Can't do it. Nor can a fig tree bear olives or an olive tree bear figs. You can't have goodness and badness. In fact, as we close today, Boy, I'm really killing this joy. I can, just, I can just feel it out there, people. There is fullness in the presence of joy. But in Psalms 45, verse 7, can you just straighten that up, Gav? It says, You love justice and I hate evil. And that's what we've got to be. We do good and not bad. It's a decision that we can make. We can be good or we can be bad. That's our decision. That's what we do. But he says, therefore, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you and not everyone else. Because you've made a decision to live righteously. You've made a decision to live good to be nice to people, to be kind to people. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, kindness, goodness, mercy. They're the things that God will pour joy into your life. There's no better gift, no better thing at Christmas time when we give a gift to someone because we're kind and it fills our joy. It fills our joy. As we go, just I'm going to close now, but as I do, if you're having a hard time, and you say, Brownie, I want some of that stuff that you're talking about. But I don't know how to get it. Quite obviously you weren't listening, but <laughs> you get it by locking yourself in the closet and getting with God in the presence of joy. But, you know, he says, I'll anoint you with oil. I'll anoint you with the oil of joy. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.